Well, good morning again, and let me say I'm, I'm a little bit um, excited this morning because I got some old friends up here playing with me, Nick and Nathan. They were Nathan played with key, key, keyboards, I thought said keyboards, keyboards with me um, when I was a worship leader at the church at Rutledge when I was up there, and so it was nice to have him back, his brother, um, Nick, playing the guitar, and then we have some new friends, of course, you know, you have Megan and Kevin um, on drums, it's just, it's really neat how we can piece some people together with the same heart and the same mind, just to, you know what, say, like, let's worship God here this morning, and and as, um, and so as I, as I was getting, um, as we're getting, we're starting a new chapter here for Shift Church, and so today marks a day that we're stepping out in faith. You know, one of our big things that we've said from the beginning is that we're going to be a church that takes risks, and this is a risk for us to start meeting every week. But here's the thing with risks, we, the reason we take risks is because we know we serve a big God. We serve a big God, and that we know and we expect for this big God to show up and show out. So we're going to take some big risks because we believe that. And so, so this is a big step for us, and so I'm really, really excited about that. And so um, <coughs> one of the things that I want to do is, uh, like, you know, Peyton, I don't know if, I don't know, I'm going to share this real quick because, and maybe if, they'll, if some people from City Lights hears this, um, they can, you know, Pat, Pat, Pastor Peyton. Pastor Peyton was the last guy on that video there that we watched. Um, and unbeknownst to me, as we were having truck issues, and let me just tell you, kind of give you an example of how, how we, uh, how this morning worked out. Get, get, I get to start the truck at 7 o'clock this morning, like, let it warm up because we're supposed to be here at 8 to set up. Well, at like 8 o'clock, it still wouldn't start. And so, I'm, he, so here's Pastor Peyton, you know, texting me, hey, man, we're praying for you this morning. Just as the city lights, we believe in you. And we finally got it started. This whole time he's texting me, right, asking me, how, have you got it started yet? How you doing? Well, then I roll up in here, and there's a convoy of people from uh, City Lights Church that had drove down here from Clinton to sit here and pray with us this morning. So I just want to say, like, that, that what other churches have done for us and what we, the group that we're part of, it just it amazes me how selfish, it's not selfish, selfless and that other churches are and just it just amazes me how much people actually care about what happens here because it's all really just we're just one big church and but today it's kind of like a vision and it's because he said I said all that to say this this morning he told some of our volunteers like this is a vision and a dream coming true this is us getting started finally like a little over two years ago and it was a September of 2015 I remember meeting with Peyton at Applebee's next to East Town Mall, okay, and saying, dude, I'm stressed out, I'm frustrated, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or where I'm supposed to go, I'm, I could go sell hammers for the rest of my life at Lowe's and be okay right now, I'm just, I feel God calling me to do this, but it's kind of like it's scary because it's risky, okay, starting something from nothing, and it's just this huge risk, and I don't know, and I said, I don't know if it's like he wants me to start it tomorrow or he wants me to start it 10 years from now, and he just looked at me and said, man, if you wait 10 years, you'll never do it. And you'll miss out on the blessing that God has for you. And so I was driving home, and I'm sitting there bawling. I had to pull over in the IGA and Blaine because I couldn't see. And I called Britton. I said, listen, we're going to have to do this. So I called Peyton and go, hey, Peyton, I'm going to put in my resignation. And I'm going to come to City Lights starting in November. And then here we are. So what I thought, we, what I thought would be fun and um, we didn't practice this, so I don't know how well this will work out. Some of those have, like, timers on that automatically go to the next. You see that? Okay, so but I, thought, I thought we would look back over the last year and a half, two years, before we look forward. All right? So here's the thing. On July 18th, and a, we had our first cookout, 
okay? Well, June 18th, sorry. June 18th, we had our first launch team cookout for Shift Church, okay? And I cooked way too much food. I think everybody got to take home like five hamburgers that was there. Um, but it was, it was well, we, I got together and said, hey, listen, this is mine and Brittany's heart for what we want to see in South Knoxville. Right, and so and then we so we did that, and then we did another one on July twenty third, and still overcooked some food. I think we ordered pizza that time, but it was. But we we talked about this is the kind of church that we that we want to be, and then we started meeting weekly. Right, we started talking about hey, this is what we want to meet, what we want to do as a church, and one of my favorite times that we got to do, and I'll and I'll tell you why here in a minute was one of our meetings that we did. We met underneath Mark and Jana's newly built porch. I think it was my favorite time, favorite time of meeting because you could still smell the the uh, the stain from the board because we, me, Justin, and um, Kevin had worked hard. On, you you should have seen me like you would have laughed. Me and Justin was trying to hold up the is it rim board? See, you have clueless rim board, and it, it was like it was like a two by twelve. So, so we're sitting there holding up with two people shaking like this. You know, it was awesome. So I was like, man, I get to sit underneath something I built. So that was really cool. And so, and then from there, <coughs> we continued to do um, some bi-weekly meetings. And then we said, hey, listen, let's do our first night of worship. And my buddy Joe, who was at the first, at the first of that video, was there to lead worship. And there he is looking all fly in the right. And so we did a couple, a couple of worship nights where we invited some people in to see, to see, let's see what God was doing. And then came our first Christmas together. And we did a candlelight service. And what we said was, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. And if Jesus is in us, that means we are a light to the world. We had our first Christmas service, and then we started we continued our meetings where we started talking about oikos. There's my dad's shiny head. Uh, and we talked about oikos. It's the, the idea that we have four or five people that we, that we have contact with, that we have influence over, where we live, where we work, and where we play. Right? We're somewhere where we're rooted, that we have influence with people. And what we did was we had that board up there. There is something there. We're not just being goofy and, you know, up there. But we had, you know, had, had you write some people's names down. And, 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 and some of y'all are a result of somebody writing your name on a board and said, listen, I'm going to pray that God uses me to reach this person or these five people. And, and, but that led to somebody took that so serious, this next picture here. I hope Courtney's okay with this, is that we had our first baptism. Okay, I didn't actually have a picture. I actually had a screenshot that off of a video. I was like, how am I going to do this without getting the play button on there? But we had our first baptism of Courtney where, I'm going to be honest, Brittany and, and some other people took serious the idea of, hey, we're going to use our influence where we live, work, and play and then start investing in Courtney and start inviting Courtney to things. And we got, we got to experience our first baptism before we ever really did anything. Right, and then we then we had our first, we said, hey, listen, let's do a preview service. And on Good Friday, our, our first preview service of April fourteenth, two thousand seventeen, at seven p.m., we did our first preview service. Okay, and here's the crazy thing: there was almost eighty people. There were seventy six people in the service, not counting kids. Right? And we celebrated that, and we, we thanked the church that let us use their building that night. And we, we had a great night there. Where we talked about it. It's finished. Like what God, what God has started in us, it is finished. We have nothing to worry about anymore. And I, like that night was the kickoff of God doing some amazing things. So we decided, hey, let's start doing preview services every month. And even got to doing other, like doing two preview services a month where we got to do some kid ministry stuff. And uh, I wish I got some snacks while I was in here. But we did some, started doing some kid stuff where we, where we were, were intentional with what we were teaching our kids. We wanted them to leave here knowing God. And then, then we, start, and we started meeting with 
we normally meet in the gym, but we made a boo-boo a couple months ago and scratched up the floor, and so they redid the floor, and that's why we're meeting here. But we, uh, we, we started doing previous services, and where we, we, we said, listen, this is the church that we're going to be. We want to be story-making people. We want to be disciple-making people. And as I was looking over these pictures, you can go on to the next one, Joe. As I was looking over these pictures and I was thinking about what could, like all the things that God has done already, and I hope none of this gets me in trouble, but I'm so excited about what God has done already because it just shows what he's going to do for us in the future. Not just at Shift Church, but in a community that really needs some hope. So think about this. Like I was getting ready for a launch party. I was thinking about all the little launch parties that we've had as individuals. I was thinking about all that God has already done in us and for us in the last two years. And here's a couple of things just off the top of my, the top of my head as I was getting this ready. He kept a marriage together that by the world standard standard should have been over, but he made it stronger. He had brought hope into a life that thought there was none. He, he brought someone in to see what a real Christian family looks like. He's taking someone, taking another person from believing there is no God to a possibility that there is maybe that they're a God thing or a Jesus thing, that maybe that's real. There's no bow on the end of that story yet. There's no like somebody walked down and prayed a prayer on that yet. But just the fact that we've influenced somebody to the, with the fact that, that maybe all this is real, that excites me. Okay? And it, but here's the thing. Like, it can't stop here. Right? We can't, this can't be the end of everything. He's taking, you know, like, it, it, it can't be the end. This is just the beginning. God has called us, the people of Shift Church, to go make disciples where we live, work, and play, and we're starting to see some of that. So here's our motto for 2018. Is it okay if I flip this speaker off? Is it okay with you all? Because it's bugging me to death. We'll turn it back on when we do the music. How about that? Can you still hear me all right? Yeah, that's good. Woo, that's driving me crazy. Okay? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right? So here's the deal. Like, we can't stop here. This can't be the end of everything. This is just the beginning. And so here's going to be our motto for each other and for the church and for our community for 2018. You ready? Are you coming? Are you coming? Some of us here this morning were waiting on a moment. And we've been waiting for a moment for a long time. For, for, for a long time, the church has been waiting for a movement of God, and we have missed what the essence of the gospel really is. See, this, this, this is something that's burned in me for a long, a long time, because for a long period of my life, I missed what all this really was. And so we, we have been invited to a table to be a part of something more than just a church service on Sunday mornings. This service here this morning is just a minute part of what Shift Church is and what they're about. It's more than just a church service on Sunday morning. We have been invited to shine, shine the love of the, of the gospel wherever we go, where we live, work, and play, where we're rooted. I feel sometimes the church has missed that. And, and it, it, we miss it in believing a lie that we, ha- that we have to wait for a movement of God, forgetting that we as grace-filled believers in Jesus are the move of God. We are the move of God. We don't have to wait for a move of God. We are the move of God. 
And he's called us to move into our areas with the message of the gospel to see launch parties happen all over South Knoxville. So are you coming? We started Shift Church with this principle that we have, we have got to shine the light of the gospel to the hurt, the broken, because we are a movement. We're called from Christ to shine. There should be no street, no food city, no factory, nowhere should be without the light of Christ because we are the move of God. But I believe every person here has begun to believe a lie. We begin to believe a lie about ourselves and about those around us. And this lie sidelines us. It sidelines us thinking that we, that we're, we're nothing. This, this lie, and it's real simple, because like, listen, Satan doesn't use complex rhythm structures, okay? He is real simple. And this is a lie that he's told you. And this lie is, is simply this, that you can't make a difference. You can't make a difference. And so I don't, like, I don't have to convince anybody that we've all felt that way or are currently feeling that way. And I think we all can agree that's pretty jacked up. Like we live in a jacked up world. And all you have to do is turn on the, go home, turn on the news station, and it will give you 10,000 reasons on why you should be worried and why you should be fearful of what is to come. We lived in this jacked up world. Nobody, nobody can argue against that. I don't care if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. You all would agree that it's all jacked up. Elephant and donkey, they both poop out the same end, okay? It's all jacked up, okay? No matter if you're Jew or Gentile, no matter Christian or not, we all believe that something is jacked up here. So we watch the news and we see stuff like 27 million people are caught up in human trafficking today. And that's the population of Florida and Georgia combined. And we think we can't make a difference. But I'm telling you, you have made a difference because in the, our end of year offering, we were able to sponsor enough, give enough money to, to Love Justice, Love International to sponsor a border station for a little while. So thank you. We talk, we, we talk about, you know, we see all around the world in third world countries, orphanages full of people, full of kids who need a family. We're like, man, we can't make a difference, but you have made a difference already. Because with your end of your giving that you gave last month, you were able to help sponsor some things at Hope, um, the Wave of Esperanza in Honduras. Which, be praying, because we have two people going there next month. There's a couple of other people here going there next month that's up here too, but who's here regularly at Shift Church? Joe and my wife, Brittany. We're like, man, we can't make a difference, but you already have made a difference. There's 1.2 million abortions in our country every year. And we've been told that we can't make a difference. Or what about the 40,000 people that live in the 75 square miles that is South Dusty, South Knoxville? Okay? And 28,000 of those say you, you don't know Jesus as their personal Savior. And you're sitting here, how are we going to make a difference? And I'm telling you, you have. Courtney sitting up here. Some other people that's not here this morning, you have made a difference. So quit believing the lie because you are the move of God. You are. God created, you were not created on accident, but you were created on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. 
And he did not place you on this planet as merely to take up room, but he's created you to make a difference. He's created you, Aubrey, to make a difference. He's created He's created you, Nick, to make a difference. He's created you, Courtney, to make a difference. Coy, Mark, Jana, everybody in here. He's created you to make a difference, not just to take up room. And the lie is you're an accident and you can't make a difference. But let me give you an example. Two thousand, a little over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died and rose again for our sin. And he was speaking to 120 people that didn't have the resources we have, didn't have internets, didn't have cars, didn't have none of that stuff. And within a couple hundred years, half of Rome were believers. I think about that. Like, think about all the resources you have to make a difference when they had nothing. Like, listen, how many seats did you have in your car, car this morning that was empty? I tell you, well, Zane rode with me this morning, so there's one, two, three. There's three empty seats. Those three seats could have made a difference in somebody's life. You're like, man, Derek, I really want to help you set up. I got these three people that really want to come, and I need to go pick them up. Go pick them up. We can set it up. Well, are you willing? Are you coming? Are you going to come with us to make a difference? 2,000 years ago, 120 people. And here's, here's the exciting, why I'm so really excited about this. I know that if we take that big step, if we as individuals say, you know, we're, we're, we're going to take risks and we're going to step out, okay, and we're going to change the world one life at a time. But I'm most excited about what Jesus is going to do in you as an individual. Because let me tell you, I'm going to tell you straight up for everybody that's new here this morning, this is not about Shift Church. If Shift Church ceased to exist, the kingdom of God still exists, and we're still going to push forward. That's why City Lights was able to show up here this morning, even though they had all kinds of crazy stuff to do up there. They decided to come down here because we're one. It's not about us. That's why last week, you know, well, Christmas week, week we, we let... One Life Church, who's actually our grandparent church, um, use our trailer to help with all of our sound equipment, all of this stuff, to launch their new campus in West Knoxville, because it's not about Shift Church. It's about the kingdom of God moving forward. And all God is asking you to do is respond with a big, fat yes. What are you saying yes to? Lord... See, there's this verse I love, and it's Isaiah 26, 8, that says, Yes, Lord. And we can stop right there, right? Yes, Lord. Walking in the way of your truth, we wait eagerly for you. Your name and your renown is the desires of our heart. That's what it's about. What are you saying yes to? Well, the Lord. Well, do you know what, do you know what you're doing? Well, no, I just know I said yes to the Lord. Well, what if he asked you to go to a dangerous place? Well, I've already said yes to the Lord, so we're good. I know that he's in control. What if, what if he t- tells your kids to go do something dangerous? Well, we've already said yes, Lord. Wherever he calls me, I'm going because I've said yes, Lord. And, for, and I think some of us are a little nervous because we don't know what we're saying yes to, right? You know, like that verse, you know, that verse, you know, it talks about you're a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, if, have anybody ever held a lamp before? The light doesn't really go that far. You might could see like one step in front of you, right? We were wanting God, okay, give me some headlight beams so I can see far enough out so I know where my third, fourth, or fifth step is. And he's like, no, just say yes, Lord. Take the first step. 
And they're like, well, I don't see you pass the next one. Well, take the next step. All he's asking us to do is say yes to our next step. And some of us are nervous because we don't know what, what, we will, what, what we're saying yes to. But trust me that God isn't completely in control. Like, they, you, you listen to anybody that talks about doing church plants, doing what we're doing here, and they will tell you, you are absolutely insane if you want to do that. But I don't want to turn around and do anything different. I don't want to do anything else. Because I've already said, yes, Lord, your name and your renown is the desire of my soul, of my heart. And so I, think we just, and we, I don't think we understand the urgency in this sometimes. Because there's people that we live with, that we work with, that we play with. That person that works at the, that's next to the cashier, the cashier next to you, or the person bagging groceries, or the or the person driving down the truck in the trucks next to you, or working in the factory, whatever you, your job is, that person next to you, guess what? They may be dying, going to hell, and we're doing nothing about it. We don't feel the urgency in that. I'm not saying go be weird, okay? Because People hate me because I'm weird, like because I'm a Christian. No, you're, you're kind of weird. But, you know, don't be that weird person. But I'm just saying we don't understand the urgency in all this, that we have friends, family dying, spending eternity in hell, and because hell is a real place. And all he's calling us to do is go. Mark 16, 15 says, and then he told them, go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. What's the good news? That he came, he died for our sins, that he rose again, and we have victory in him. We have victory in him. Go into all the world. Tell everybody you know, tell everybody you're in contact with the good news of the gospel. Now that we have received this grace, Christ is calling us to go into the world. Go into the world and share what we have learned. It's the main thing of what we're all about here at Shift Church is let's, let's get out to our communities and go. So are you coming with us? There's this, as I was getting ready to, like, I was trying to think, man, what is a good launch party story in the Bible that I could share with everybody to kind of get people motivated? And I thought about the Golgotha launch party, you know, the one where the thief on the cross asked Jesus into his heart. Like, that was a launch party. But I was like, man, that doesn't really... I didn't really grasp what I'm trying to do. Then I talked about, I thought about, oh, there's that story of, you know, the three guys that got through in the furnace, that launch party, where, you know, they got through in there, and then and then the king opened it up, and there was a fourth guy in there, was Jesus, all right? And there's like that, there's that launch party, okay? And I was like, man, what are some more launch parties I could talk about? And I, I, I narrowed it down to one that we've kind of talked about before as a church, but there's this launch party that happened next to a water well. Where somebody received grace and couldn't hold it in no more and had left everything she had and went and told everybody in the town that she lived in. And that's the story, the launch party that we're going to look at today. Okay? We're going to do it a little bit backward. In John, there's a story of a lady at the well we needed some needed some help and this is what we're starting at the end of the story so you have to be you have to track with me a little bit this morning you have to work a little bit John 4 34 through 35 Jesus is having a conversation here with his disciples about food but not really food 
because they think they're having a conversation about food, and he's like, guys, just shut up. Just listen to me, okay? This is what he tells them. Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are ready ripe for harvest. And that, those verses make no sense out of context, right? Makes no, because he's right. They're, like the fields weren't ripe for harvest yet at that time of the year. So what is he talking about here? What does he mean the harvest is ready? Well, what we'll, what we'll see is this woman had an encounter with Jesus where she received the grace, much like me and you have. It changed her forever, so much so that she had to go tell everybody in her town to come and see. Listen, so listen to this story. So Jesus has been teaching and baptizing, and some tension was building up with the religious leaders, so he decided to go back to Galilee, okay? And he, had, he went through a certain area that he didn't have to go to, but he had to go through, you know what I'm saying? He, like, he, he was led to go there. So listen to this starting in John 4, 3. So he, let, he left and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to, to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field, field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tried, tried long, uh, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime, the hardest part of the day. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. And he was all alone this time because the disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to, do, to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And here's a, a couple things you need to know here. Because you've been around church long enough, you know this. Okay, One, Jews thought Samaritans were the scum of the earth. Like They would be like the nastiest people. Like what we would think of the nastiest people in the world. Like they, hadn't, they thought they were scum. They thought they were worthless. But the Samaritans thought that they, had the, that they served the, like, truly worshipped God. Right, so there's you have these two conflicting things happening here, and not only that, but she was a woman, and men didn't really talk to women like that, you know. And so, but here's the second thing I want you to pay attention to: is her question. Okay, but the second notice this question: she, you know, you you guys want nothing to do with us, so why are you talking to me? That's what she's saying. Like you Jews don't come around these parts, so what are you doing here? Let me just say this this about this. I hope that we are the church that go into places that no one else goes into, that reaches down in the dirtiest dirtiest places, that we we go to the people that no one else is wanting to go to because we know that that person, that number in there, that person has a name, and that name has a story that he wants to have influence with. May we do everything short of sin to reach the people in our community. Everything short of sin to reach the people in our community. I can kind of give you an example of what I'm talking about. And I don't know, I've sit, sit, probably told this story before, but the church I was a youth pastor at, me and the pastor, one, we had this, we'd order pizza from Pizza Plus, and it was good pizza, okay? And so, but we had to, we, the guy would come in and deliver, and we'd give him a huge tip, and we'd talk for a while. But we, he said, hey, I have this, like, punk rock daft band that's playing at Long Branch Saloon, which is down here on the Strip, Okay? So if you guys want to come, come. And he's asking because he knows two pastors aren't going to come to this bar, you know. Well, me and him was talking. We're like, let's just go. 
So we walk up the steps when we get there, and it's, he's supposed to go on at 9, didn't get on until about 1 or 2 in the morning, so I was tired. But we walk up there, and I mean, we're leaned up against that little railing there. If you've ever been upstairs, okay, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and we're leaning up, and there's this you know, drunk woman over here dancing. Well, she gets in a, starts an argument with her boyfriend, I guess, throws the beer. He dodges. It lands all over me. Right, so I was like, "Man, why'd you waste that?" You know, but it's just kind of like it's just like we like we were there, and then about about one o'clock, he goes on, and he noticed that we were there. These two guys who weren't supposed to be there were there showing him love, and that meant more to that pizza guy than him showing up to a service. So may we go to places where no one else wants to go to, because that's where we can have the greatest influence where we meet people where they are that's not just a saying that's what we believe okay so going on to verse 10 jesus replied if you only knew the gift god has for you and who you are speaking to you would ask me and i would give you living water but sir you don't have a rope or a bucket she said because she still has no clue who she's talking to and this well is very deep where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob? And if I was Jesus, I'd be sitting there going, well, yeah. <laughs> but so who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. Let me throw out this. You notice he met her around something that was common to her. It was water. Having a conversation about water because she was there to draw water okay like we need to meet people where they are okay but those who drink the water i will give will never thirst again it becomes fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life and she's like please sir the woman said give me this water that i'll never be thirsty again i won't have to come here to get water she still doesn't get it she doesn't still understand but i want to stretch this out to you because she's he's about to do something for her there's about to be a shift in her life to where, to where she will never, the thing that she's thirsty for, the things that in this world that we try to get our pleasure and our, 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 like our needs from that, that does not fulfill our thirst, not quench our thirst, he's the, well, that's what he's talking about. And he can, what he's about to do for this woman, he can do for you. Listen to this next part because there's a big shift here. All right? And it's, it's going to be awesome. So he's meeting around something common to her, and he begins to speak to her heart right here. Go get your husband. Bum, bum, bum. She told her, I don't have a husband, the woman replied, and Jesus said, you are right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. He certainly spoke the truth, sir. The woman said, you must be a prophet. Still doesn't get who, she, who she's talking to. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship? While Samaritans claim is, is on this mountain where our ancestors worship. You can see how she's changing the subject. She's like, let's get off that real quick. And Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, this time is coming when it will no longer matter whether we worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship while we Jews Know all about him, for indeed, uh, for, for salvation comes from the Jews. But the time is coming, and indeed is here now, when true worshipers will worship the, worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. And so those who worship, worship must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. 
when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And if I was Jesus right there, I'd say, like, I just kind of did. And verse 26 says, says this, then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Woo! Like, as he's talking through this, you think she felt that little burning in her? Like, oh, crap, he knows me. He knows everything about me, but he, 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 he's not a normal person that talks to me. Right? And he's sitting here, and he's still talking to me. So that's unique. But he knows everything about me, and he's not judging me like the rest of the people in my town does. Because think about it. This woman had a reputation, didn't she? She was a full show, right? She had a reputation that preceded her, and she experienced grace. She, ex she experienced grace from somebody who had the right to judge her and didn't. He extended grace and forgiveness to, to, to her. And for some of us here, we're, we're, we're kind of scared because maybe we have a reputation about us. Maybe, we, we, maybe we've done some things in our past that, we, that we're not too fond of. And we're like, man, if, if Derek or shit, those people at Shift Church knew about this, they would tell me not to come back. And I'd be like, come up here and tell your story, actually. You know, we like we like, but here's like we're much like this woman. We had this reputation, and because she had this reputation, her townspeople probably didn't like her very much. Probably didn't listen to what she had to say. Maybe she felt that she couldn't make a difference. All right. Maybe she felt that she couldn't make a difference because of what people knew about her. So at this point, the story, the, the, the disciples show up. And, of course, they've been raised in this environment to where, to where they knew that, one, she was a woman, and, two, she was a Samaritan, and they start questioning among themselves. And here's the thing. Like, if you read all through the Bible, when people start questioning in their minds, Jesus, Jesus like, knows, and he goes, he answers their, what they're grumbling about in their mind. It's kind of freaky. So you think the disciples would have caught on at this point? Like, don't be thinking anything negative. Like, sing Amazing Grace or something. But they start questioning and talking among themselves like, what is he doing with this woman? So her just being a Samaritan woman already had a reputation with the disciples. And they were doing what her town did to her and judging her and judging what Jesus was doing. And But listen to what, we're going to pick up in verse 28 and watch what happens here. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. When we experience this grace, we will leave everything behind. Said, so, listen, I know this water jar. This is, in essence, to where I get my life because I have to have water, and this is the only way I can carry it home. But listen, what I just received is so much greater than this. I've got to stop what I'm doing. I've got to come, and I've got to go. I've got to go and tell everybody. First, when I come, she goes to, starts telling everybody, come and see this man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? And so the people came streaming from the village to see him because she experienced something. She experienced grace that's only found in Jesus. And she couldn't keep it to herself. See, when we experience the grace that we say that we have received... There should be something that a fire burning in us to say, listen, I can't stop. I'm, I'm coming. I can't stop. Yes, Lord. What are you saying yes to? Lord. 
Yes, Lord, I'm coming. Running and telling everybody. All she knew is that she had a reputation, but she could make a difference. And we have this whole town on their way to see this guy that apparently changed her life. And here's the disciples arguing with Jesus about eat something already. He's like, I've already ate. He's like, well, God's giving me food. Did you go to Chick-fil-A or something? No, like, mm, you know, I'm, I, 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 you guys are missing the point. You're looking at something that's not important right now. Like, guys, it's like, listen to this verse. Verse, going back to verse 34, because the disciples aren't getting it. And Jesus explained to him, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. And from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up, look around. The field's already ripe for harvest. Disciples, will you shut up for a minute? Stop talking to me. Look down the road. This whole town is heading this way. And they're ready to reap the harvest. It's like he's telling his disciples, are you coming? I can imagine Jesus sitting there like, guys, shut up. He's pointing like, look down there, the harvest, those people down there, they're coming to hear the message of hope. At Shift Church, I think if Jesus was here today, he'd be pointing around the 75 square miles that's around us and go, you're worried about things that aren't important, but there's 28,000 people around you right now who's ready to hear a message of hope. We got enough jacked up stuff going on. They need to hear about hope. Are you coming? Are you coming, Shift Church? There's all kinds of people around us. Are you coming? They're ready for grace and hope and forgiveness, but they're ready for a launch party in their hearts. For those of us who have experienced grace, time for us to take our next steps and come. So are you coming? Are you coming? I'm excited to see what launches in South Knoxville, not just because Shift Church is out here, but because there's a group of people who've decided, listen, we're going to take serious the call to go and make disciples. reason some of you guys are here is because we've somebody was serious somebody took serious to call to to invite to, to pour their life into even in hard situations so are you ready to say yes lord whatever your next step is maybe your yes may be your first yes ever to the lord Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I need to experience that grace that that woman had, had at the well. I know he knows everything about me and he, even though he knew everything about me, he still made a way. Maybe that needs to be your first, yes, Lord, I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. So I want to do this real quick before we move on. Is that maybe there's some people here that want to take the chance to do that. Maybe. 
Here's what I want. I want everybody to close your eyes for a minute and bow their heads. And I'm, I normally don't do this because sometimes it scares me a little bit. But I think maybe there's somebody here that wants to receive this grace for the first time. And so here's what we're going to do. I want you, I'm going to say some words, and I want you to repeat these words. But I just want to let you know that, know that these words mean nothing if you don't mean them in your heart. All right? But here's what we're going to do so that nobody feels pointed out. Okay? So nobody feels pointed out. This is what I want you to do. Is that we're all going to say these words out loud so that no one feels left out or feels pointed out. Everybody understand what we're doing? So mean this from your heart. And maybe, so repeat these words after me. Repeat these words after me. Jesus, I know that my sin has separated me from you. But I also know that your grace closes the gap between us. I believe, Jesus, you died and rose again to cover my sin. And from this day forward, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you meant it from your heart, I just want to say welcome to the family. You guys can look up here now. So here's, here's, here's maybe... Maybe you're a believer and maybe your next step, your next yes, your next yes to God is maybe taking the step into baptism, which is a public, a public display of your, your salvation. Like it's a, an outward showing of an already inward change. Maybe that's your next step. So maybe you've said yes to Jesus for the first time here this morning. Maybe it's time for you to step out and say yes to baptism this morning. Maybe... Your next step in saying yes is to give for the first time, to be generous. And let me say this, don't give to us. You're like, you're just saying that so you can get money, Derek. No, don't give to us this week. Give next week, but not this week. Okay? I'm just kidding. Maybe your next step is is to say, maybe we just lay our yes down to whatever he's calling us to this morning. Because we serve a God that will never be defeated. We've already won. So all of our yeses will end in victory. It may seem like failure at times, but in the end, we win. And we stop believing the lie that you can't make a difference. Here's what I want you to do. In your seat, there should have been a little card. Looks something like this. Okay? It says, yes, Lord, on it, and it has some cool colors on there. I did pretty good on the uh, matching the colors of our logo. Pretty excited about myself. But this yes, Lord, here, this is going to be our yes, Lord. Here's what I ask you to do. Because all of us, when I said you're, there's a next step that you have to take, we all had something pop in our heads. Okay? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write your name on it. Underneath, on the top, and underneath, yes, Lord, I want you to write what your next step is. Maybe, if, and if today was the day that you said salvation is my next step, just write salvation on there. And here's what I want to do as we, as we, I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing another song. And as I sing, as we sing that song, okay, as we sing that song, it's going to be a little weird, it might be a little weird. We're going to lay our yes down. Here's what I want, what I want, what I want you to do. 
is I want you to bring your yes up here with your name and what you said yes to for the first time. I want you to lay it there. It's like you're—it's a symbol of you laying your yes, Lord, down at the feet of Jesus right here. Because we all have a launch party in our hearts that's about to explode. So here it is. You ready? Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? Will you pray with me? Dear God, I want to thank you so much for being a God who says, who says, I want your yes to be for me. I want your, you to be about my name and my renown. And God, I just pray that as, as, we, begin, as, we, begin to, as we begin to close the service out, that we don't let this be a final yes. But that as the next steps come in our lives, that we continually say yes to whatever those next steps are for our lives. And God, I pray over the next few minutes as we lay our yes down, that people will take serious the call that you've called us to. And that is to go into the world and make a difference where we live work and play.